It's Ghosts of the Podcast. It's the podcast. Yeah. Podcast of the Deep. It, it, it's the documentaries episode. Yeah, great. Let's get through it. Delete. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name's Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Welcome to Blank Check. Ben, I swear to God. This is a very underwater episode of Blank Check with Griffin and David. Yeah, this episode's going to start underwater and just decline further deep into We're the gonna water. We're going to make a big splash and then drown. This episode's gonna drive its boat out into the ocean, and then and then something about the broke boat's gonna break, and it's just gonna kind of sit there for a while. Yeah, we're gonna send uh, two little uh, robots out, and then one of them, the tether, is gonna get caught in that thing. Get Twenty it's gonna get minutes stuck on the ceiling. grabbing it, pulling it out. Uh, well, we finally got to that point in the miniseries where we talk about a thing that no one's seen. Woo! Hey, we we're entitled to this one. Oh, we it's always been get movies one. that everyone's seen so far. Some of the pretty biggest much. movies of all time. Not this time. Nope. Uh, with this podcast, we talk about directors, filmographies, filmmakers who have had big success early on and get a series of blank checks, and sometimes uh, those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, blank checks, of course, meaning uh, the freedom to make whatever projects they want. And boy, these are blank check projects. I mean, the fact that he got Disney to foot the bill to do these two things. How much do you think? They must have cost a, a fair amount. Yeah. I mean, this- I think Ghost of the Abyss was profitable. Quite profitable. Yes. yes. Aliens of the Deep was not. Probably not. Um, but, but they got some science out of it. Still, it's like, I mean, these movies are the equivalent of uh, taking a vacation, but writing it off as research in your taxes. Yeah. Right? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. They probably, yeah, exactly. They probably buried all this at the end. Like, they, it's all charitable contributions to something, marine biologists or, or whatever. Uh, two IMAX documentaries uh, directed or co-directed by James Cameron. Uh, 2003's uh, Ghosts of the Abyss. Yes. Which is, uh, despite having the word abyss in the title, not about underwater aliens. No, but one assumes it's it's trying to be cute. A little bit. Yeah. A little cute. And then 2006, uh, he gave us uh, Aliens of the Deep, which is about uh, abyss-type aliens. I guess. It's it's about James Cameron. It's Both of them are about James Cameron. I would, the second one's really about James Cameron. The first one's kind of about Bill Paxton. <laughs> Yeah, Bill Paxton with, let's say this, because you, you know, you and I love billing, love talking billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a Podnator Judgment Cast. It's a miniseries about the films of James Cameron. Yeah. Um, I don't know the last time I saw this. Uh, Ghost of the Abyss has a, not just Bill Paxton first build, but only build. Is he the only build? Act? I mean. The credits go. They don't even build uh, Louis Abernathy or whoever? Nope. Here's how the credit. Here's how the credits go for Ghost of the Abyss, okay? Produced and directed by James Cameron is the first credit card. Boom. And then, solo card, Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. And then it says, second unit director. <laughs> like, wow. Then it goes on to, like, technical credits again. Um, but uh, there, there are two uh, IMAX documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, combined runtime of two hours. Yeah, Ghosts is a a solid sixty one minutes. Yeah, right. I think. I think a little bit over. Aliens, Aliens of, of the, the Deep, Deep is, is forty seven. What? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I got them flipped. Yes. No, no. no Ghost Ghosts of the Abyss is longer. No, Ghosts of the Abyss sixty one minutes. Aliens of the Deep ninety five minutes. The version of Aliens of the Deep I watched was forty seven minutes long. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. 
I don't know what you rented. Is it possible that Amazon did me dirty? Did you rent the wrong movie? Aliens of the Deep? What happened in it? They went underwater and saw some things that looked like aliens. And what, what, what did the ships look like that they were in? This is a little pods, little submarines? What do you mean? There's something they're pretty special, those ships. Aliens of the Deep. The big, like, globes. Yeah, they were cool. What do you mean? Right. Is there a specific answer I should look for? No, I just, I'm worried you saw the wrong movie. Where did you watch it? I also watched it on Amazon. iTunes. 47 minutes, yeah, right, Ben? 47 minutes. Right, Producer Ben? Well, yes. Wikipedia. Ben Deucer? Yeah. No, Wikipedia is saying ben? 95 minutes. The Poet yeah. Laureate? Yep. Mr. Hositive? All right. Yeah. The Fuckmaster? Yeah. The Tiebreaker? Mm-hmm. Birthday Benny? Always. Dirtbag Benny? Yeah. Hello, Fennel? <laughs> yep. You graduated to certain tiles over the course of different miniseries? Producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben? I ben Say, Ben I Chamlon? I feel like I'm missing out with David's face right now. He's like, just I'm writing just, I'm just a, a not piece. Interested. He's filing a piece. I while... am not filing a piece. I am trying to figure out what version of Alien to the Deep you saw. Yeah, but how did we see the wrong fucking version? Okay, You're well, saying it's My longer? guess is that it was 95 minutes in theaters, which is why it, this is saying that, and that like the, the version you rent is cut down because a lot of the 3D stuff was cut out or something. I don't know. I would maybe guess the opposite because for a long time- The opposite? Yes. Can I tell you why? For a long time, IMAX movies had a real cap to how long they could be because the IMAX projectors were so big and the film was so big. Like famously when they re-released Apollo 13 in IMAX, they had to cut like fucking 25 minutes out of it. Yeah. Same thing with Attack of the Clones, you know? That's why like this is, I mean, these two movies are dinosaurs. They're relics of a bygone era. They are. Where IMAX theaters... Which where you would, like, go to the museum. Right. Yeah. Most IMAX screens in the country were museums or planetariums, you know, aquariums, yes. your areas. I remember the first Zoos. one... All right. The first one I saw, it was called, like, I don't know, there was, like, asteroids, like, shooting at the screen. When I was a kid, I went to see it at the Museum of Natural History. Yeah. And you wore, like, the, the old paper, huge. paper glasses. They were very big. Um... I, I think that perhaps Ben and I saw an IMAX cut and then when it was released on home video, it was expanded because I think the same thing happened with Ghost of the Abyss. I think there's a longer version of Ghost of the Abyss as well, but the IMAX versions were short. I think the version, of, I can't remember now, but I feel like the version of Ghost of the Abyss I saw was, you know what? Hey, hey, I just realized we're hosting a podcast. Jesus, nobody cares. All right, we're moving on. Oh, we're wait, talking I just about- realized something too. Okay. Who cares? Yeah, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? Nobody cares. People don't care about these movies at all. Like, you know, like baseline, they don't care about the movies. They certainly don't want care to hear what the running time of them is. But you know what they do care about? What? Hashtag the two friends, baby. That's that's us. I mean, if they're listening, that's why. Griffin Davy. They weren't like, finally, aliens of the deep. Someone's gonna talk about it. But what was the runtime? I th- <laughs> by my count, forty seven and one fourteen. Um, so, uh, 47, yeah. Uh, so these two movies were like museum IMAX documentaries. They were, uh, sort of at the vanguard of new live action 3D technology. Yeah. They were using experimental cameras. This was the beginning of James Cameron's mission to bring 3D back, to make 3D happen again. Make 3D great again. And those were the two things. A, there were two cool underwater missions he wanted to go on, and B, he wanted to set the runway for him to be able to make a big new live action 3D movie. Mm-hmm. And he got Disney to foot the bill on both grounds. And it was worth it because, uh, you know, eventually, yeah, Ghost of the Abyss cost $13 million. Okay. And Aliens in the Deep cost $9 million. So, you know, 
big budget documentaries, not yeah, big budget do th- movies. Do you think the difference between the two budgets is that Paxton got four? Yeah, Paxton's quote just, it had to come in at four. All right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, these are short IMAX documentaries, and then th- that stopped being a thing once James Cameron brought 3D back. You can't, they don't make those anymore. They really. don't? I mean, I don't think really. Like, if I go to the Museum of Natural History, they don't have something. You could see Doctor Strange, you know? <laughs> it can't be true. Magnificent Remember Seven. Everest? Yeah. Remember when everyone saw yeah. Everest? Yeah. About climbing Mount Everest yeah, in IMAX? Yeah, they were big, and there was like a Hubble Space Station 3D movie yeah. narrated by Tom Cruise that made like $100 million, and it was like, 45 minutes long. And I saw I saw some movie that was in 3D that was about, like, a guy who wants to, like, deliver the mail in Alaska on, like, a biplane. Interesting. It was, like, set in the old days of mail. I remember one that was called, like, crashes. Voyage Through New York, and it was, like, about immigrants coming in through Ellis Island. It, yeah, it used to be this sort of quasi-educational, yeah. quasi-spectacle, right? right? It was sort of that weird. And that's what these movies are. Yeah. But I would say both of them are not good versions of that. I would say these are both movies that I would not recommend. Which one do you think is better? Ghost of the Abyss. I disagree so hard. This is going to be the biggest fight we've ever had in the podcast. I got to add some dramatic tension to this episode. Uh, the wor- I just remember the worst IMAX 3D movie I ever saw was it literally it was a series of uh, like conversions of pre-existing animation that were now in 3D. So it was like an anthology movie that was like the CGI Treehouse of Horror segment the dance scene from Ants. I vaguely know what you're talking about, but okay. I remember this existing. Yeah. Yeah. And they like advertise it as like Simpsons 3D. And I was like, oh shit, Simpsons 3D. Right. And then it was like that thing you've already seen, but now in 3D. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, yeah, it was like four minutes long. And we paid like $75 for tickets, I'm sure. Uh, these uh, two movies exist in the 12 year gap between Titanic and Avatar, where everyone's like, what the fuck is James Cameron doing? When's he, when he going to make a movie? Get, mm-hmm. get back on land, pick up a camera. Make a movie, and he was like, "No, I'm going back in the water." And he just took this massive 3D camera with him. Uh, massive. The, These things massive. are big. These rigs, that's they're yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, that's like, and that's I it's wish the IMAX rig. It's, it's yes. yeah. People say it's it's like the size of a whatever. A it's really loud. Car. Yeah, really loud. It has to be really close. Yeah. Uh, I wish um, that the movies covered how difficult the cameras were more. No, because these movies are meta enough as it is, especially the second one. But uh, all right. Let's um, talk well, oh, about that's one. the other. Okay. Th- I no, I'm sorry. The one other major thing we have to acknowledge is that these okay. movies are 3D spectacles, and we saw them all in 2D. We did, and certainly that's maybe why. Yeah, right. I'm sure in 3D they'd be better. They'd be it's in, cool. They'd, they'd it's, have there's the and Titanic. Allure. Yeah, I think Ghost of the Abyss especially would. I mean, Alien to the Deep is a bunch of shit. Okay, so let's go through Ghost of the Abyss. Ghosts of the Abyss, 2003. Is that right? 2003? Yes, released in 2003, but uh, you know. Not to foreshadow the twist, shot in two thousand one, and we should say spoiler alert: Titanic is sunk. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. So this does take place after Titanic. <sighs> R.I.P. Titanic. That is Ben. Is, thank you. It that is, is weird very that it important. didn't come out in two thousand two just to get that sweet ninety year sinking. Uh, yeah, that's true. It came out on the ninety first anniversary ish of the sinking. Yeah, I have a theory uh, as to why that happened, but I'll uh, I'll get to that later. Um. But uh, this movie is about Jimmy C going back to Titanic. He's going underwater. He wants to look at the wreckage. There's no real specific goal in mind. There's not a thing they're trying to He's, learn or discover. We, they're, they're not looking for heart of the ocean. He's on the boat that yeah. is the boat that they used for Titanic. It's right. called the Academic Mitslav Keldish. I can't 
Yeah. Uh, some Russian boat. And they got these... It was the boat he dived in like the 95. Right. Where he got the first footage of the Titanic that he yeah. used in the movie. And yeah, he wants to do it again. Yeah. Do more diving. Yeah. With these f- Russian friends of his. And it's like with Bill Paxton, Louis and Bill Abernathy. Paxton. So it looks like the real version well, of. Louis Abernathy was always with him, right? Because Louis Abernathy is into this stuff, right? Yeah, Louis Abernathy is the one who sort of got him right. really into Titanic. But then the arc of the film Ghosts of the Abyss is partly that, like, Bill Paxton, who was in Titanic. Right. Playing uh, the Cameron analog. Right. James Cameron was like, you should come on this dive we're going to do. And Bill Paxton was like, ah, I don't think so. Well, that's and like, James Cameron's yeah. like, no, you got to. You got to come. Paxton, like, narrates the thing, and it's sort of like they try to set it up like it's a story about, like, yeah, uh, They're getting us in through Paxton. When my friend Jim Cameron asked me if I want to go to Titanic, I thought it never actually happened. But here I was about to board a ship to go down to Titanic. And then he boards a ship, and he's like, oh, which way to the Titanic ship? And the Russian guy's like, Russian, Russian, Russian. And he's like, man, who knew what kind of journey I was about to go on? Right. Like, the, it's it's really clunky. It's very, very clunky. And here's the thing. This this movie has no, no propulsive narrative whatsoever. It, it seems like it's going to with Paxton, but then it's like, then Paxton went underwater and was like, oh, wow, there it is. The Titanic. Yeah. And you're with him. You're like, that's I bet that's crazy. the Titanic. And yeah. he's sort of fun to watch react for five minutes. And then you're, I don't know, half an hour in and you're like, all right, let's wrap this up. Right. But, you know, you've got another 40 minutes or so to well, go. Yeah. This movie, I mean, they they clearly just shot some stuff. And then afterwards, it's like watching someone show you their like vacation slides and they're trying to like throw a narrative onto it. But there's no tension because you already know how the story ends, which is them back in their living room showing you the slides. Sure. So, like, they're, all the narration's in past tense. It is. Being like, I had no idea what was going to happen down there underneath Titanic. But then I saw this. The Titanic. You know? Right. That's what happened. That's we what saw happened. It. I saw it. It definitely existed down there. And it was crazy. Yeah. And then let's reenact some bits of the Titanic with not the actors from Titanic, new actors. No. Remember those scenes you loved in Titanic? What if the same director made them shitty? Yeah, same director made them with actors who are not particularly good. Yeah. Shorter. Right. And kind of almost, you know, like a Ken Burns documentary or whatever. Yeah, like, like very a slow low production pan value. On an image yeah. And someone going like, I'm the captain here. The captain of the Titanic. But sometimes it even feels like word-for-word recreations. I mean, they do the moment I talked about in the Titanic episode with uh, Ismay going down in the ship. Yes. And they, like, frame it the same way with him looking over the shoulder. why? We saw Titanic. We know. We like Titanic. We saw that movie. It's good. It's good. It's really good. But you didn't see either of these in theaters, right? No, I saw neither of these in theaters. Uh, But he's restaging the things. And it's this weird, like, they go down to the bottom of the ocean to look at Titanic. Guess what? It's like a rusty ship. They find some, like, cool little artifacts, but most of it's just, like, the rust you expect. And then they'll, like, superimpose over that, like, a weird CGI recreation of what it would have looked like yeah. in its glory days. But, like, very lo-fi. Pretty like, simple. Like, because mist they don't level have CGI. a $200 million budget. Right. They have, you know, 15. And then they'll overlay over that, like, like blue, translucent, like, ghost, like, yeah. you know, dramatic yeah. recreations. Yes. They do a lot of, like, picture-in-picture but it looks like just a basic like Samsung demo at, it's at, 2003. at Best Buy. Yeah. So it's just like there are four little boxes on the screen. The main screen is just some rusty barnacles on the edge of a ship. Yeah. And then there's like, here's what it would have looked like. Here's a guy doing a worse version of Bernard Hill in Titanic. Yeah. And then here's James Cameron going, wow, wow, that's Titanic. A, I want to get to that. Yeah. There's not much James Cameron Very in this Very little. James Cameron is not a character, quote unquote, in this movie. Obviously, we hear that he brought Bill Paxton in. 
but Paxton's your character. Yes. You see James Cameron. A little bit. A little bit. He's not on the sub that Paxton's on. He's on the other one. They're too submersible. So you mostly to him. hang with Cameron, with, with, with Paxton. Paxton. You'll cut to Cameron, but he almost, you, you if you didn't know what he looked like, you could almost just think he was another scientist. Which is like, 100% why Paxton's in this movie, because Cameron clearly wanted like someone the audience could see through, you know, see through their eyes and feel like they're on the expedition and didn't want to be that guy himself. Right. And he was like, Bill Paxton, steady Which, hand, audiences love to him. To his credit, I guess. Yeah. He didn't want to make himself the star of the movie. But maybe he should have because this is his obsession. 100%. It's a documentary. Right. Why not? I don't know. And Paxton clearly, you know, like, is interested by this stuff, but is no Titanic expert. Everyone else we talk to when they go back above ground, like Abernathy's fucking crazy about this shit. Louis Abernathy, just to remind people, he's the kind of big, fat, beardy guy who... Gives the big ass monologue in a Titanic, right? And, and he's like a James a documentary real maker. And yeah. a, he's a horror he's a, filmmaker. A horror filmmaker yeah. and like James Cameron's friend, and they both like dive. And he fucking loves the Titanic. And then they got this guy who's like an expert on the way the Titanic looked inside Kinda the interiors. Like I like that guy I like too. The experts, they yeah. were fun. Experts are cool. Yeah. This is my problem with the movie. This is a problem I have with the movie is that Paxton's just a guy who's like, oh, this is cool, but he doesn't really know. That much, but he understands right. that he's at the center of the he's, film. So he's he, there for your wonder. But he yeah. has to be there with a little bit of weight and sound like he knows sure. what he's talking about. And Paxton's performance in this film, if I can call it that, reminds me of like when we'd be on like vacation, my family growing up, mm-hmm. and my mom would be like, We should go to this art museum or right. we should go to these ruins. Right. And my dad didn't give a shit but had to act like he was in awe because he knew it was good for us to be going. Right. So he kept on being like, guys, this is really wow. old. This is pretty. Yeah, that. Ooh. That's, ooh, that's crazy. You hear that, kids? That's incredible. Oh, a thousand years old. Yeah, wow. You, you, Griff, you should be paying attention to See, this. I'm Put gonna, down the Game Boy I'm, Color. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to be the dad who is actually excited and the kids are like, all right, right. it's fine. Like, you know. But that's but Paxton whatever. seems like he's just kind of like, oh, God, I really need to be playing up how amazing this is. And they just keep on cutting to him going like, it's crazy to think that 90 years ago someone was touching that banister. Sure. And then they show a ghost touching the banister. And you're like, okay. Yeah. I, I get it. The first time he says it, you're like, yeah, oh, wow, mortality, life, everything, cycles. None, he says it 80,000 times. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. Nevertheless. My argument, nevertheless, my argument for why Ghost of the Abyss is maybe a little better than Alien to the Deep is it has a point and a pretty solid through line, which is like, we're going to explore the wreck of the Titanic. Here's how we did it. Here's us doing it. Here's 15 minutes perhaps needless of us rescuing a little like broken well, robot. Let's get to that because we'll we have to talk about second. that for a while. And yeah. then like here's a bit of reflection and another little twist that we'll also get to in yeah. a second. But and then that's it. You know, it's it's I know what's going on with the movie. I get its point. See, I think- if I saw it in IMAX 3D, I'd probably appreciate the sort of wonder of the imagery. Well, and just the I mean, look, Boom. it's it's kind of visually unsophisticated, like you know, it's it's clear, unfussy imagery, but you look at the framing of everything and it's so clear that it was to utilize 3D. And there are long sections where you're sort of just looking at technology or looking at pieces of the ship with nothing really going on other than Bill Paxton going like, hey kids, look at that. Sure. Yeah. But you can tell like, well, the way that's framed, that's the bow of the ship and it would be coming out towards the center and be cool in 3D. You know? Yeah. Uh, but you're losing that. But I just think it looks a little clunky. And it feels like they shot a bunch of footage without any real thought about like how to construct a narrative later and then in post had to kind of like come up with fucking something and like a lot of voiceover that is just going like, it was crazy looking at that and realizing. Lots and lots. There are a couple lines I want to throw out that were um, standouts to me. 
Uh, one is so they they have these submersibles, but then they have these little box robots that are able to like weave a tether. Yeah, we see. I think we see them a little bit in Titanic too. Yeah, it's the thing you send into the ship because obviously right. your big sub can't go explore the rooms. But the idea with this is that they they're able to weave this tether that links them to the video screen, but it's like a spider web, so it's not like they have a finite amount of tether to begin with. They're like creating tether as they go deeper and deeper in. They're two little box robots. They're named Jake and Elwood, Blues Brothers, funny, five comedy points, right? Mm, Five comedy points. Two. Five. One per robot. One, two. 2.5 per robot, five. Um, They uh, are are piloting them around, and uh, Bill Paxton puts on his serious reading glasses and is looking into the thing. Yeah, I like the serious reading glasses. I did, too. He's a he's a sweet guy. Bill he's Paxton. a sweet guy. He's never done anything bad, right? I just want to like Bill Paxton. Yes. Um. There's one moment in this movie that I think he crushes. Well, he's got a little Abbott Costello routine with the Russian guy who's in his submersible. Yeah, they're cute. Where it's like, what happens if the pressure goes too low? And he goes, we're you know we're screwed unless we drop the battery. And he goes, why wouldn't you drop the battery? And he goes, it's pretty expensive. And he's like, how expensive? He's like, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then Bill Paxton takes like a moment. And he goes. I mean, can I write you a check? <laughs> and you're like, okay, great. I mean, that's 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 five comedy points, no question. He nails that. Um, but he puts on a serious glasses and he's maneuvering the little thing with the remote control handles. And then they cut to James Cameron. And Bill Paxton has this real sense of awe uh-huh. and wonder and he's very focused and serious and it's cool. And they cut to James Cameron and he goes, oh, man, it's just like piloting a helicopter. And it's like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. Like, he does this offhand, like, oh, yeah, it's like a helicopter. This is easy. I can do this. I just learned something fascinating about Bill Paxton. Sure. I, as far as I can tell, he hasn't done anything bad, which is good, although this is You looked cursory. up Bill Paxton bad things to make sure we weren't lauding a man. Bill, yeah, right. <laughs> Unfairly, yeah. Bill Paxton was in the crowd on the day of John F. Kennedy's assassination when he emerged from the hotel in the morning, and there are pictures of him being lifted above the crowd. Little Bill Paxton, eight years wow. old. Wow. Little Billy Paxton. He's that. Jeez. So there, there's something you didn't know about. I knew he was from Texas. They should make a documentary about that. He's got a great accent, Bill Paxton. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, watching this movie made me realize how often he doesn't use his real voice in films. Yeah, yeah. Because so often if he's playing Southern, he'll actually amplify his accent from this. Right. He'll go sort of more rural. Sure, sure, yeah. Or he does a sort of like flat, yeah, sort he of can affect the mid Atlantic thing, but with a little. He always twang. says that. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. But he's got a lot of twang in this, mm-hmm. uh, and he's funny and he's nice. Uh, he's a nice boy, and I like him. Same. Uh, there's a moment where he has a um, uh, a bit of a Mark Wahlberg 9/11. If I had been there, the plane would have gone down, kind of thing. Does he? Yes, where he's, it's little, I don't fall for it too much. What is it? Well, they're looking at the ship, Uh and they're remarking upon the fact that uh, the cabin boys uh, locked the gates. Pow. Pow. (laughs) (laughs) Wanted to undercut your pow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And he's like, oh man, look at that, a locked gate. And then he's like, oh, that must have been when the the stewards locked the gates to keep the, uh, the below deck passengers, you know. From uh, getting to the lifeboats. And he goes, man, if I was them on that day, I would have just climbed over that gate. I would have gotten through. Sure you would have, Bill. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Whatever. He's he's free association. He's in a sub. He's in the bottom of the fucking ocean. But then there's a lot of like, well, you could tell that he's like, oh, shit. Like, Jim's paying me $4 million. He gave me a free ticket down to the bottom of the ocean. I got to keep saying stuff. I got to sing for my supper. Like, he's narrating a lot. 
because it's like, well, that's my job. My job is to like make this compelling for audience. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of Bill Paxton rambling on the cutting room floor, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but he like you know oh they look at a glass and a vase. A, there's a glass of water and a chalice, and they're like that's crazy to think that someone took a sip, put it back down on that table, and then 90 years later it's still sitting there. And then you see the CGI of the guy mm-hmm. lifting up, right? All that sort of stuff. All right, we're gonna move on from Ghost of the Abyss in a minute, so. What do, you, what do you got? What's left? Okay, I got I got a couple. I you got, got a couple things. I, I also have some final thoughts. But I, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, there's a moment I'm gonna misquote him. Okay, where they're back on the ship. Uh huh. After? Uh, in the middle. Post-quote. They've done like one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two they days. do a few dives. Right, they yes. do a few dives. Right, so they've done like one or two dives, and they're talking there, and they sort of talk about. Oh, that's the other interesting thing this movie does. Because you brought up the Murdoch controversy yes. in the Titanic episode yes. about how a lot so of people- People were mad because- They showed him firing suicide the gun. In the right. film All that sort of stuff. Yeah, this movie does proven. a lot of scrubbing Murdoch's reputation. It does. They say Murdoch, they say his name a lot. Yeah. They talk about like, he was an honorable man, he did this and that. It's obviously the thing that Cameron feels bad about. Like yes. everything else, he's like, right. fuck you, I know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. That one, he's like, all right, maybe I was, yeah. Because they said on one side of the boat, they weren't filling up the lifeboats to full capacity. The rule is women and children first, not women and children only. So they were putting like 10 people on a lifeboat, not letting any men yeah, on. Well, that was, yeah, that was one of the guys and was then they doing go, that. But on the other side, right, Murdoch. Murdoch. And then they show like a beautiful picture of Murdoch. And they go, he was putting as many people on as he could. No delineation between lower class and upper class. You know, like Murdoch was the man. They keep on pounding in the Murdoch thing. Um, But they're talking about that and talking about sort of survival of the fittest and, you know, the people on the rowboats who were further out who didn't row back, you know, and they show the recreation of Molly Brown, Uh like not saying the Kathy Bates speech, but kind of looking upset that they weren't going back there, right? Right. And they're on the boat talking about that and Abernathy's like come on man it's suicide if you go back there you have like a thousand people in the water they're screaming they're cold they try to pull the boat overboard the thing would sink you're already hypothermic like you can't go back there and the other woman's like are you crazy like be a human like this and that and Bill Paxton has this line that I'm gonna misquote and he words it very beautifully he does he does he does a good job but he's like the the test It has been proven time and time again that the test of morality and heroism happens in the individual, not in the group. Yeah, yeah. And he words it even more beautifully than that. that. Essentially, it's like, you know, individual people do all these wonderful... I mean, he's not saying it this way. But he says it very poetically. He does, he does. And it almost is so good that you're like, did they, like, reset and get that just right or something? Because it does come out of his mouth very beautifully. And he does it off the cuff, and it's like... And they, they hard cut out of that scene, and you're like, that is an incredible point. Like, that's... You know, group mentality changes the psychology of every individual within it. You know, it's very easy to sit back in your armchair and go like, you know, like Bill Paxton, like I would have climbed over the gates, you know, or I would have rode back. But it's like if you're surrounded by that many people. Of course. No, I mean, that's you can't relitigate this yes. and be like, oh, well, if I was on Titanic, yeah, come on, please. Yeah. The ship literally sank an hour after it hit the fucking right. iceberg. Come on. Um, Come on! So they're restating a lot of the things, you know, Ismay cravenly getting on the lifeboat and and uh, letting other people die. Uh, Andrews with the guilt and the weight of the thing, you know, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Uh, not fighting harder to get more lifeboats on yeah, the ship. Andrews is the uh, yeah. That that's sort of fun when they yeah. I mean, fun. It's interesting when they explore that, or at least Cameron and Paxton's idea of Andrews, which is especially Cameron's, yeah. which is like yeah, 
here was someone who obviously wanted more lifeboats and he caved to uh, the pressures of the company to have less and maybe that tormented him. We're projecting a little bit, obviously. We don't know too much when about they said, what like, everyone f- felt on the right. last hour of the Titanic. They, there are they, some stories yes. of Andrews doing X and Y, but, you know. They asked the question of, like, which which guilt would weigh heavier, Ismay for not letting Andrews put more lifeboats on the ship or Andrews for not fighting that battle harder? Right. And then later in the film, the the guy who's, like, the Titanic interior expert, who's really into, like, the wood carvings and the fucking windows and all this mm-hmm. sort of shit, and they mm-hmm. do, oh, shit, we didn't know the windows looked like that. That's a huge discovery. Yeah. Like, they're telling you how yeah, important when, the discoveries are. I know. When are. they try and tell you, like, it turns out there was stained glass on this inside, <laughs> and we're like, okay. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. I mean, yeah, I get yeah, that yeah. if you were a Titanic scholar, that yeah. would be interesting. I don't know if anyone else would yeah. really care. But that feels like my mom at the museum being like, guys, this is really cool. Like, empathetically trying to get you to care. Whereas my dad's like, boys, look at this. Um, they, uh, he says, like, you know, you just have to imagine, uh, you know, if if you were able to go back and tell Andrews that 90 years later these things that he designed would sure, be here would, at the bottom of the carry, ocean yeah, with yeah, us yeah. looking at him. What do you think he would say? Yeah. I go, I think he'd say, I wish I had yeah. fought for the lifeboat. Wish I wasn't this. dead! <laughs> <laughs> but they make it like he'd be like, you know what, it was all worth it. If no. James Cameron gets in a submersible and looks at my wooden table, it's like, no, I think he would have said, like, yeah, I should have probably made the ship a little better. Yeah, I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> it's a bummer. I'm dead. I am a dead person. Okay, minute 50, major conflict comes in. Uh, go ahead. They're diving into. Are you talking about the stupid thing getting? It's not a conflict. It's Unless a major dramatic between, conflict. Wh- which one is it? Is it uh which which Elwood bro- between tried. Elwood yeah. and ceiling? <laughs> so this is where I was. I was sort of into the Ghost of the Abyss, and then this started happening, and I was like, this will be two minutes, right? And then twenty minutes later, I was like, I I really don't care. This, I don't care. This was my favorite part. They go into the like this crack in the ship, and they're like, "Oh shit! There's jagged glass. It might tear the tether. This is a suicide mission." And Jim's like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fucking do it." And he steers like a helicopter, the little thing in, humble bragging. And they get through, and they're like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" And then it it gets stuck up on the top of the roof, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" And the other ones like looking around. They got Jake looking at Elwood, mm-hmm. and he's like. What the fuck? What the fuck? And Jim's like freaking out, and they were like, "Abort! Abort! Abort! We gotta get out of here. Yeah, we're losing do, the camera." You box. do see him lose his uh, his cool. Yeah. You see like a sliver of the Cameron we hear about, right? Of and Midge. Then, yes. And they're like, "Let's just cut our losses and get up out yeah. of there." And they're like, "So how was it?" And he was like, "Well, these two little robots—they work perfectly for the entire mission <sighs> until there's one day of complete and utter He's failure. A really cranky he baby. just loses it. Yeah. And then they're like talking about like you can't go back down there." Jim, it's a suicide mission. How much worse is it to lose one or lose both? You know, what do you want? And he's like, I'm fucking going back. I'm doing it. And then it's high stakes. Race against time. They got to send Jake in with a little hook. Yep. And he's got to hook Elwood from the seal and get him out of there. Guys, are you on the edge of your seat listening to this? Because I wasn't. And they're like hooking him and he's like, I think I got it. I, I feel a lag. I feel a lag. I'm, I'm steering. I feel a lag. And then the other guys in the other submersible go like, he did it. God damn it. He did it. And Cameron's like, shut up. Do I have Elwood or not? <laughs> like he yells at them. They're like, you're out. You're clear. And he's like, I'm not never, asking about that. Do I, I have Elwood? I would never want to be on like a spaceship with James Cameron. Okay. And then they play just the two of us. And it gets cheeky and funny, right? And they show Jake and Elwood together that. going back up to the stern. Just the two of us. We're going to make it if we try. You're like, okay, this is getting like really dad humory. Right. And then they see the guy. You see one of the guys and he's like. 
Unbelievable. We did it. We rescued Elwood with Jake. I'll never forget this day. September 11th, 2001. Yeah, I was, yeah. Boom! <laughs> Rug pull! Yoink! They get up onto the ship. Cameron's pumping his fist in the air. Yeah, yeah. I saved the robot! I saved the robot! Bill Paxton's like, hey, uh, worst terrorist attack in the history of America. <clears throat> Have you checked the TV? Yeah. And then the next five minutes are watching everyone find out Quiet about- Quiet reflection. September 11th. About September 11th. And it is weird because it is, they are at the same time, in throughout the movie, they've been quietly reflecting on the tragedy of the Titanic yes. and like a global incident that is like such a, you know, dramatic loss of life and mm-hmm. such a, you know. Imagine the last person to touch that banister yeah, and now they're dead. Yeah. yeah, you know, and like there's there's reverence, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're also, you know, in the, but there is. And like, and yeah, and then, I mean, I get that they couldn't not, acknowledge it because it does seem to have affected them a lot but it is uh it's weird it's a weird little twist yeah and then they do this thing of like they do these like cabin reflections they're they're like like, "Mm." suddenly our mission feels so stupid you know i mean what were we doing is this so frivolous in the wake of this these real things here we were all ramped up about a robot should we even continue and then they're like nah we should continue (laughs) and they go back down the next day but all of that is done in narration like voiceover which makes me think that they like finished filming and then they got back to land, and they were like, "Well, no one wants us to release this fucking thing." Nine eleven happened, yeah. which is why I think it sat in a shelf for two maybe years. Maybe took took a little while, and the but editing probably, feels really slapped up. But it also it probably took a while to get it ready, right? The three D and all the conversion. But it just feels it feels odd, and they go back maybe down and they see the stuff, and you know they're not searching for the heart of the ocean. There's nothing they're trying to find, but they're they save Jake for... and Elwood, and they <laughs> they throw this kind of heavy handed like, "Well, now you know we were looking at tragedy from a distance, but now we know what it's like to live through a tragedy like this." That makes the whole thing hit home harder. Da, okay. Na, na, na. All right. That's enough. Bill Paxton. That's enough. Go see Okay. The Performance review. I think Bill Paxton's good in this. B plus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's the end of Ghost of the Abyss. Uh, Ghost of the hey, Abyss. No, I just, I did have one dumb point to make. Sure. That's sure. very inappropriate because you just started to talk about 9-11, but we have discussed in the past ghost logic. Sure. And I really started thinking a lot about water ghosts or wet spirits. That are trapped in boats and vessels, right? That's boring comparatively to like a house. At least you can like haunt people. What are you gonna haunt fish? Love to add uh, my two cents whenever I can. You're welcome. Let's play the box office game. I was about to say, let's play the box office game. Ghosts of the Abyss opens number 13 at the box office. That's pretty good. $1.4 million. It eventually grosses. $17 $17 million at okay. the domestic box office and a few extra worldwide, but yeah. that's basically it. Okay. Uh, it is like, I think it's probably still one of the like top 10 documentaries though, because, you know, that's not a yeah. that's not a deep list. But there are some other IMAX documentaries that played for like a decade and made $100 million. If you look at what? the- Not 100 million. I swear to God, one of no. them, I think the Everest documentary ended up clearing like 95. Let me look it up. Everest made 87. Good okay. job, Everest. Yeah. And there was a there was a space station one that made a lot too. Anyway, space station 3D yeah. made ninety three. Thank you. T Rex back to the Cretaceous made fifty three. Okay, on and on it goes. Ghosts of the Abyss because those movies would play for a not decade. in the top five. It's thirteen. Thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. Not in the top twelve. The movie above it is Piglet's Big Movie. Oh well, yeah. Which I don't remember. 
Uh, yeah, it, it followed the Tigger movie. Number one this year, of uh, this weekend. Preceded was, Pooh's Heffalump movie. Mm-hmm, which was April 11th, 2003. Okay. I was a, a, a senior in high okay, school. Okay, let me just grab myself. No, no, sorry, a junior in high sorry, school. Let me just grab myself in a time and a place, time and a place. Okay, go on. Was a, a comedy film with a legend, or not legend, that's the wrong word, with a star of comedy. Uh-huh. Big star of comedy and a legend of acting facing off in uh, a movie that is bad <laughs> and was later turned into a TV show. Oh, interesting. Yes. TV show. It opened to $42 million, which in 2003 is a lot for a comedy. Yeah. It grossed 135, 200 worldwide. Well, see, I was going to guess it was bringing down the house. No. But it's not. I know good, that came out around good, that time. It's around. But I think that was like a Christmas or Thanksgiving era. No, that was an early early okay, part of the year. Enough. That was a spring release. Okay. So it's they made it into a TV show. So it's when you're saying it's like it's a big comedy star and like someone who's more known as a serious dramatic actor. Is that what you're saying? Uh, a absolutely. two-hander? Uh, one is a, a, an actor who was just a big star of comedies at the time. Yeah. Huge, huge star. He's still a star of comedies, although... His star has diminished. Okay. The other is an Oscar-winning legendary actor. Is it a De Niro comedy? No. But, you know, you're on the right track. In that sort of vein. Oh, I know exactly what film it is. I almost forgot that it existed. It is Anger Management with Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Easy to forget that that one exists. Yep. Uh, Easy to forget that it was made into a TV show. Uh, for That aired for like a hundred episodes. Yeah, but very loose adaptation. Okay, yeah, yeah, huge hit, huge hit. A uh, huge hit. Number two is a film that I saw in theaters. Okay. Starring uh, an actor that I hold dear, near and dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, it is in its second week, coming down from its number one position the week before. Uh, it has made $26 million. It will gross forty-six ninety-seven worldwide. It's a fun little thriller with a gimmick. Thriller with a gimmick? Identity? A real gimmick. No, that was 2002. Okay. Or maybe it was 2000. I can't remember. Okay, it's got a gimmick. Is the gimmick a twist or is it in the setup? It's in it's in the way it's the story is told. It's basically real time. Basically real time. I think it's entirely real time. It's basically in real time. It's a little thriller. You love it. It was number I, one the week before. I love the actor. I like the movie. I've always sort of stuck up for the movie. It's a silly movie. It's from a director of many films that are bad. All right, director, many films that are bad. Many, many films that are bad. And some that are okay. It's got a gimmick. I believe you auditioned for this director once. Oh, oh, I know exactly what it is. It is Phone Booth, starring your boy Colin Farrell. Right. And Joel Schumacher, who I uh, did audition for, and he told me that I overthought uh, sex. Yeah, we, we talked about it in, yes, a, we talked in about a previous in episode. Yeah. yeah, who else is in that movie? You got Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, Katie Forrest Holmes. Forrest Whitaker. Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Rada Mitchell. Ooh, the great Rada Mitchell. That's a fun little movie. Have you seen it? I've never seen it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's I think it's okay. Uh, number three is, uh, we have to start rushing through this, sure. is a dumb teen comedy with Colin Firth in it. Uh, the dad. Uh, 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 what a girl wants. Yep. Yeah, we talked about it on this ep- on this podcast really? before. I think so. Number four is a movie you just mentioned. So I couldn't believe it. I didn't even notice it in there. I did. Huge hit. No, uh, hundred comedy. Bring down the house. Yeah, yeah. And number five is the big, a big play for stardom from an actor who eventually found it and had already found it, but was like, ah, it's an action movie, like a kind of a grim, gritty, R-rated action movie. Starring a, a a guy who had been in some hits, and I feel like he was trying to make a play to sort of like just be have a leading a, man or what? Just have a couple big action movies every year, 
And this is the start of him super decline, which he then bounces back from, and now he's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood again. Well, not Downey Jr. No. He's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood again? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is tough. Uh, it is. I, it's hard to... It's not an interesting movie. Okay, it's a cruise? No. No. He really was like, big young star, or youngish, you know, bottoms out, comes back. And now he's huge again. He's in a movie in January, this coming January, that looks so incredibly bad, and I just watched the trailer for it. Uh, big action movie that's a revival of another of his franchises. Oh, 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 well, oh. Yeah, okay, all right. Don't yell. It's my boy Vanny D. But would, do you know what the movie is? 2003, A Man Apart? Correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. It's my boy Vanny D. Not with a, a man good apart. movie. No, I mean, not. what do you say about that movie? Nothing. Yeah, no, you nailed it. There's no better way to explain that movie. F. Gary Gray? Is that an F. Gary Correct. Gray picture? Director of uh, Fate. And FF. That's what I'm calling oh, it Fate. Yeah, I'm calling right. it Fate. Right. I'm hoping Here that's what reason. they call it. Okay. okay. Aliens of the Deep, yeah. 2005. The superior film. No. Co directed by. Cameron and Quayle, Steve Quayle, Stephen Quayle, okay. who also directed Final Destination 5 oh. and Into the Storm. Okay, so he's a 3D guy. And is now directing The Lake, which oh. is an upcoming film starring J.K. Simmons, <laughs> cool. in which the Navy SEALs find something in a lake. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's literally the plot. Uh, I think this movie looks a lot better. I think uh, Cameron has figured out how to make it look more cinematic. I'm sure this movie looked terrific in um, in 3D. I was saying to this to Griffin off mic, and I'm yeah. going to say it on mic. This is a film that feels like him playing around with Avatar. Yes, tech, yes. You know, like this is a straight line from this movie to Avatar, very much. But even Ghosts of the Abyss feels to me like okay, let's turn the camera on, see what we got, and it feels edit it later. and it feels half. Like a Titanic knockoff, right? right. Like them cashing yeah. in on that. Uh, this one, I think he's figured out how to make the images pop a little more, even in a flat 2D form. You can mm. see, you know, James Cameron loves his it blue. It looks good. I'm with right? you. He loves his blue. All his movies have like a lot of blue tints and then blue sheens and yes. shit. In this, he's got these blue lights inside the submersibles. So when the people are inside the bubble capsules, yes. they look Good. That's what I was talking about when I was asking her. They're big bubbles. Yes. The cool bubble shit. Yeah, the cool bubbles. That they like invented, basically. Right. But so he's got these big bubble windows. So that way, like, whereas in Ghost of the Abyss, if you have a shot of uh, Bill Paxton inside the submersible, it's just him in, in like a fucking fluorescent lit sure. little sub and you can't see what he's looking at. In this, you get to see the background around them as they're looking because yep. they're in these sort of they're no longer domes. Although they still have the the more classic submersible things that can go way deeper. But even that, when the the shots of them looking out through the portholes are are I think nice images. Yeah, it's fine. They're it well good. lit. I mean, he lit these ships well. Looks good. What's the movie about? It's cool shit. It's no, about the ocean. No, no, it's not just about that. They think that maybe- I want it to be about they that. They think if they go to the bottom of the ocean, figure out how life is able to live without sunlight, that they might understand how life could exist on other planets. Uh-huh. That's what the movie's about. So they send a bunch of people down there, marine experts, space experts. I think they got a good team. I like that it's sort of Cameron back in like a grunts mode where it's like here are a bunch of hardworking people doing their job. Yeah. It's a lot of women, which is really cool. Def. A lot of scientists, we got a sort of like big ensemble cast. Sure. And they're all going down there looking for different things that can help them piece together this puzzle of how aliens could exist. That is a stretch in terms of the movie communicating that. I think the movie communicates no, that very The well. movie is like, it just bounces from thing to thing every 10 minutes. The shit I looks cool. 
No. I want a movie where about people going down to the bottom of the ocean, they see weird fishies, yeah. and I learn what the weird fishies are. The end. I think this movie does that. No! It starts doing that, and then they're like, you know, what's interesting is the aliens and the space. Let's talk about that for yeah, a while. Yeah, aliens and, and space are cool. And what else is interesting is the tech. No, no, no. I want like a David Attenborough documentary. I just want like a planet earthy thing that's about what the cool little fishies do. Down at the bottom of the ocean. I wholeheartedly disagree, yeah, David. David, here's Why? a big difference. Why? Because what they're doing is they're making the connection between deep sea diving yeah. and the world that exists deep below the fucking surface. Uh, I know. You yeah. know? Yeah. Hells yeah. And making that connection to exploring other planets. They make that connection conditions. by saying it. Right. And then that's where they leave it. But David, here's a big difference. Yeah. Ben and I saw the 47-minute cut, and you saw the 90-minute cut. I don't. Not to get into this running time thing. I don't think mine was a 90-minute cut. I just I just think it was over an hour. I don't remember. What I watched was literally I, 47 minutes long, and it felt pretty lean and focused on the thing I that I wanted to see. Maybe I saw some longer thing. There's no, there's, this, this, this is possible. Because there are longer cuts of both of the films I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen. And we watched these shorter versions that, that felt pretty focused on that one theme to me. Right, Ben? Yeah. I thought, like, just having... The mention of Europa was so cool. As somebody yeah. who likes oh, science ben, fiction novels, ben, like, listen to me. That is like such a a, a, a no. Rec- no, 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 no. Yeah. I am so down with Jupiter's moons. Excuse me, I love Jupiter's moons. I want a Jupiter moon movie. I've loved Jupiter's moons. I've loved Jupiter's. Than no, you, you have David. not. That is not true. How, oh, do you want a challenge to yes. a, a well, Europa you, you, off? You may be older than me, so you may like technically just have like more time on this uh-huh. earth to beat me with. Uh-huh. But I've been into that shit since I was a baby. Boy, I was born on Europa. <laughs> Yo, Ben. I was born on Io. Yo, Ben. What's up? Before we recorded, when you were in the bathroom, yeah. low-key, I heard David talking dirty about Jupiter's moons. <laughs> Get the fuck out of he here. He was like, they're fucking dumb I like, and I Saturn's don't like Saturn's moons them. are better. Yeah, he was talking fucking dirty. See, Nothing yeah. better than... That when sounds, it got into Jupiter's moons... That sounds like moons, something David would do. Yeah, I right? was like... I was very, I, I did enjoy the weird little 3D presentations of Jupiter's moons where yeah. they're like, oh, here's the deal with Gay and Mead. Like, ooh, and then here's the Io. It's close. So, volcanoes. That's cool. Uh, but uh, I had lost the thread of what the point of this movie was. Yo, Ben. What's up, Griffin? Yo, low talk key. to me, man. Low key. Yeah, and yeah. Go- no, actually, David, can you just. Yeah, David, can you just not listen oh, yeah. to this for a second? I'll just, sorry. Don't worry, guys. I'm not yeah, listening. We're okay. just, uh, we're going to be all over here. Just talk. What's up, Griffin? Okay, talk. let's just test quickly. David, are you listening to this? Great. It's not with Okay, cool. Right, cool, cool. What's up? Low-key? Yeah. But, like, Ben, actually, low-key? Yeah. What's up? Low-key? Like? Like, low-key, God of Mischief? Yeah. What's up? Okay. So, like, Tom Hiddleston, though? Hey, you guys still talking? Yeah. Wait, hold yeah, on one second. Hold, we're we're going to be with you one sec. I'm not listening. I was just checking. Okay, Great. so before we recorded, What's up? I was like, yeah. Europa, though? Right. And David was like, no. I'd make I'd make a stinky fart on that. I mean, I swear to God, David was. A- I'm not surprised at all. He sounds like he's like trying to play up like how much he likes Europa. He's secretly a hater. I know. And then he was like, I was like, I owe though. And he was like, I, I know though. Damn. Too much, man. All right. Well, Too you much. know what? I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah. Because I feel like this has really shaped my sort of like understanding of where David's coming from. All and right. I know you're, you're repping Europa hard. Like Ooh. no one. Shows more respect to Europa. You know, I have that Europa necklace. I do know that. Yeah, and I wear it close to my heart. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And then you, you, Bill Paxton's looking for it. He's searching down the bottom of the ocean looking for your Europa necklace. You got it the whole time. It's been here the whole time. Deep in your heart. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, let's get right, let's live. Yeah. Hey, David, what's up? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry so about you were that. saying how much you like Europa? Yeah. Go on, David. They Love walk Europa, back in the room. baby. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Alien Sleep is okay. I I bet I would have liked it uh, a lot more. In yeah. Them. Whereas Ghost of the Abyss played pretty good it, on the. Um, okay. Here's what I like. The, here's what I prefer screen. about Aliens of uh of the Deep. Okay. One, James Cameron still doesn't want to make himself the center of the narrative, but he does a good job introducing a lot of different characters with real palpable enthusiasm. He gets a lot of really young, excited scientists who have not seen anything like this before. And I think their enthusiasm translates on screen. Okay? Mm. Two. I love the 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 main woman who's the marine biologist. She's great. Cool. I, I don't remember a lot of the other scientists very well. Dejana Figueroa. Yeah, I, but think her name I like that conversation where James Cameron is like sitting at the table with them and he's like, would you all go to Mars? Like, And they all like raise their hands. And then he's like, you know, you might have to say goodbye to your families for years. Like, yeah. what do you think about that? And she's like, huh, I didn't think about that, but I put my hand up, so I guess I don't care. And like, Ghost it's of the like Abyss. kindred spirit here, yeah. right? Like, that's what Cameron's identifying. Yeah, Ghost of the Abyss is like, rich man goes on vacation. Like, Aliens of the Deep is him being like, I want to give this next generation of scientists an opportunity. Like, I'm getting Disney to pay to send all these guys down. You know, these guys and gals down to the bottom of the ocean see some cool shit that they can use to support their theories that they're working on, right? And they're down there and they're seeing, like, underwater lava. Love that trench stuff. The trench Could've stuff done is with cool. some more trench stuff. That I love black those smoke. weird... Black smoke, like, lost. Wow. Oh. And I love those... There's animals that the don't weird tubes. Eat. They yeah. just yeah. absorb light and chemicals and shit. That's amazing. James Cameron throwing some the shade weird, on some fish. He's like, that's the ugliest fish I've ever seen. The and the fish lips, is like, I don't give a fuck. The, lip, the weird lippy tube things yeah. with like the lips. Here's what I want. All that. Uh, th- there's more digressions. There's more tech stuff. There's that whole sequence at the beginning where they're like, we've got this A-frame for putting the subs in the water and then the A-frame breaks and James Cameron's real mad and his like arms are that. akimbo and he's like, we gotta fix the A-frame. I'm like, I don't care about the A-frame. I care about the A-frame. Ugh. I care about the A-frame. I like when they do like zoom outs, graphic zoom outs where it's like yeah. they pull out and you're in space now and shit. Yeah. That's fucking cool, Space man. rules. You guys baby. are selling uh, listeners on this movie and so listeners, I apologize when you, if you rent this movie and watch it and you think it's kind of a disjointed mess. Nah, you love it because it gets some cool shit. There's like a I fucking, wanted more cool shit. There's a fish that looks like a goddamn tissue. There's 10 minutes on the... No, that stuff's good. That's Rules. what I'm saying. But then there's 10 minutes on the bubble craft and how the bubble craft works. I don't care. No, bubble craft looks cool. It looks cool. I see it. That's all I need to know. I disagree. You can tell me it's new. And I'll be like, great. It's very new. Yeah, great. And then I'll be like, what does it, it go down and look at, though, please, now? But there's something... One other element I need to throw into the dish. And maybe it functions as a spoiler, but I got to. It's a spoiler that is never acknowledged in the film, but I got to talk about this. Uh huh. I like Aliens of the Deep more because it has a real emotional undercurrent. It's about trauma and loss and how people try to move on from those things, you know? Okay. These failures that uh, are, are unspoken, but people carry with them in their body language and their actions. Because in this film, waiting, we have Jake, but we don't have Elwood. <laughs> it's true. Jake is all up in this movie. Elwood's not in it all, and they never explain what happened to Elwood. So you think Elwood maybe bit the dust? I think he might have hit the ceiling again. I think he might have got stuck on that Titanic ceiling and never Which come back. Which one was Ackroyd's character? Elwood. It's weird. It's a reversal. It's a reversal, hey. huh? Hey. Hey, uh, guys. 
a quick tangent. I have to step out to a meeting. Uh, so I'm going to have somebody like finish out. But can I just do my final thoughts and we'll cut this out? <laughs> this is the most exciting episode. Keep it in, baby. Okay. Ben is leaving the episode. I have to I go. I mean, it's time to stop. Yeah, sure. I have to go. Okay. All right, so I'll just say this final thoughts. Yeah. Rich guys fly planes. James Cameron goes to the deep ocean. That's cool, man. I like Hells, that. Yeah. I like Europa. I rep it hard. I will always rep it hard. I rep Europa David. hard too. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I do. I love it. Big ice planet. Okay. I love Big you, Ben. Skating All right. Love you guys. I'll see you, I'll see you on Friday. Yeah. I'll see you Friday. <laughs> we'll talk about a real movie. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, I think we're done talking about aliens David, in the deep, right? David, now that Ben's gone, I got to tell you something. Uh-huh. What happened? Ben fucking hates Europa. Shit. I knew it. Oh, I knew I he was. You could tell he never even He's heard of it. He's playing his hand way too hard. Exactly. Doth protest too much. Yeah. It's the least crispy acting I've ever seen. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Soggy. Not crispy enough. He's soggy. <laughs> like, it's the soggy. bottom of the fucking ocean. Can't wait for him to hear this. So we oh, know we dude. owned him. Oh, I got Europa necklace. Oh, you know I love Europa. Come on, man. You want to play the box office game for Aliens of the Deep? Yeah, let's do it. I just can't believe what a fucking phony Ben is. Ben's a phony and a liar. He is. Never He's a phony and a liar. I know you love Europa. <laughs> January 28th, 2005. Okay. Aliens of Deep opens number 22 at the box office. January with, 2005. Okay. With uh, $479,000. Not great. Opening weekend. The movie eventually makes $9 million. Better $12 than million worldwide. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number one is a horror movie starring an actor, a prestigious actor we recently, we just mentioned. And a little girl. It's a creepy little girl movie. The film is titled Hide and Seek. It stars Robert De Niro and it Dakota was. Fanning. Uh, That's a good pull. I want a little more recognition for- Pretty impressive pull. Right? I don't know that I could have remembered that movie off the top and of my I head. I could have remembered maybe like, oh yeah, Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning. I don't know if I could I don't have want a trophy, but I, I got that without hesitation. Melissa Leo is in that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Famke Janssen is in that movie. I think that movie is creepy little girl. They have her meet with a therapist because she's talking creepy and they're like, she might be going crazy and he's trying to talk her out of her craziness and then it turns out that he's the creepy thing the whole time. I think the twist is that he's the creep. I think you're... Hmm. I remember someone explained the plot of that movie to me and it was dumb. The film has a total of five different endings. Fuck that. Okay. Number two at the box office. And at the DVD, you can watch all five. Fuck that. Number two at the box office. Uh, but just want to say, also, it was from the director of Swim Fan. Oh, fuck that. Number two at the box Made office. Made $51 million. All right. Uh, and 122 worldwide. Not bad. Jesus Christ. Not bad. Number two is a comedy starring an actor you love and were just uh, repping to me off mic. Uh, made 82 mil world, uh, total, 97 worldwide. Uh, a family comedy. Uh, it does well. It's a hit. It was turned into a TV show later. The family. Co- oh, oh, yeah. America put a couple cubes in the glass. They did. It's uh, well, just one. Well, one, one there was big a sequel. Cube. Oh, okay. This was but, are I mean, we with there this yet? Film. They put one. Cube. This was are we there yet? And then it was followed by are we done yet? And then are we there yet? The series starring Terry Crews. Correct. That was Are a big we hit. there yet? That was a really uh, big hit. Yeah, totally a big yeah. hit. Um, road trip movie, kind of a bachelor has to get used to family life movie, I guess, right? He's dating a woman who has two kids. He needs to drive she's them over by to Nia her. Long. I believe so. He he gets he gets thrown in the deep end. They throw the cube in the deep end. He's got to get to love those kids in the backseat of a car, and they keep on asking, 
Are we there yet? It's from Brian Levant, the director of The Flintstones, Jingle All the Way. Which uh, people love that Flintstones talk last week. Of, I was very surprised. That popped. That popped. Okay. Number three at the box office after expanding, growing by 1,800 screens Ooh, after a limited okay, release. So this is an end of year 2004 film, probably an Oscar play that's a, now on, going a wide. A major Oscar player of that season. Million Dollar Baby? Correct. Cool. Million Dollar Baby, a grim boxing movie that made $100 million at the domestic box as, office. As they always do. 216 worldwide. As they always Huge do. Huge hit, good movie. Yeah, good. Uh, if reductive at times. It's a good film. Number period. four is a film that is a comedy that I don't like. And it's the second in a series of family-ish comedies, uh, PG-13. Big Mama's House 2? No. No. Uh, it's already later. made two hundred and fifty-eight million dollars. Jesus Christ! It is, and it would make five sixteen worldwide. Yeah, Jesus Christ! I know exactly what movie it is. It was one of the biggest hits of uh, the uh, holiday season two thousand four. It is Beat the Fockers. Correct. That's a with shitty Barbara movie. Streisand. It's the one where there's a lot. Another De Niro movie. Yeah, a lot of De Niro with the like fake boob that he uses yep. to feed the baby. Yeah, you know what's another thing? You know, you know the like a uh, comedy like oh, if it bends it's funny, if it breaks it isn't. You know? Sure. The reality of that movie is the first movie he's ex CIA, but they treat CIA as like. A real world job as it is. Yeah, right. That he right? was like an analyst and like a, an interviewer for the CIA. Right. right. And the craziest it gets is the lie detector test, which is technology that anyone could buy. Sure. In the second movie, he has an RV, and at one point he's suspicious of Ben Stiller's character. So he hits a button, and the RV turns into a DNA lab. Yeah. I forgot about that. That movie this, fucking sucks. Well, that movie is kind of like the first Meet the Parents. They're both kind of about weird, like, Jew versus Wasp panic. But then it gets insane. Like, I mean, that movie heightens to, like, they his fucking, do. like, dried-up foreskin lands in their salad, and they think it's a walnut, and they no, eat it or some terrib- shit. It fucking blows. It's all that stuff, but also there's, like, it's the the weird, like, feminization, like, that, like, De Niro always approves, disapproves of, you know? It's like yes. the joke in the first movie is, like, <laughs> he's a male nurse. <laughs> like, his name is Gaylord. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't track. It's not funny. Uh, it, no. It, eh. The first one doesn't hold up very well. I think it's fine. The second one's a disaster. The third one I've never seen. Uh, uh, I have also never seen the Little Fockers. The thing I like about Kevin Hart movies is that Kevin Hart movies are kind of playing off that same dynamic where it's like, oh, he's the feminine, the sensitive, the vulnerable guy, and everyone else is like challenging his bona fides. But Kevin Hart owns his fucking shit. He's like, yeah, I love fucking flowers. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, and they don't make it a uh, joke. I like Kevin Hart's... Comedic persona in motion pictures because I'm a sensitive guy and I want to own it. I think it's okay. I think Kevin Hart walks this line a little something. I don't think he's made a great movie yet. No. But I like the persona and I'm hoping one of these days they're going to place it in a good film. I'm a little sick of the persona. I like the persona. Uh, I'm pretty sick of the persona. Number five is an inspirational sports movie starring starring a a great miracle actor. Nope. uh, That I love. Uh, it's a basketball movie. Glory Road? No. Nope. There's a lot of these. Okay. It's uh, a Disney film, though, right? It's a Disney inspirational sports uh, movie? Or is it not? Uh, I don't know. don't think so. Oh, okay. Inspir- uh, Coach Carter? Yeah. Okay, so it's not Disney. It's With Paramount. Sam Jackson. Yeah. Uh, a film debut of Channing Tatum, I believe. Is that right? I think that's his first picture. Directed, strangely enough. By a guy named Carter. Thomas Carter. Yeah. Who's mostly a TV director? Solid movie, sixty-seven mil. That was a good hit. Yeah. Uh, so that's your that's your January 05. You know, that's a good mishmash horror. 
Oscar leftovers. Yeah. You know, it's Christmas comedy leftovers and yeah. like sort of inspirational sports movie. That's like, you know, a lot of what you get in January. And this is a lot of what you get on this episode where we talk about documentaries that you haven't seen, don't really care about. But boy, what a fight we had about Aliens of the Deep versus Ghosts of the Abyss. Wasn't that exciting? Didn't that justify you Edge taking the time to listen to your this? seat. Thrilling, thrilling episode. I can't wait for all of you to get to Reddit and debate this one. It's going to be a real, a real knockdown, dragout fight across the blankies. They're going to be divided like the Civil War. Uh, everyone is loving it. I expect uh, seven separate Podmas write-ups. They're going to keep on every week going. I know we talked about this episode last week, but there's a little more. We got to go back down another dive to find out what was really going on in this episode. Next week we talk about Avatar. Yeah, that was a, a, a funny little movie. The his. most successful movie of all time. Still to this day, worldwide, the highest grossing film in history. Uh, I think that might get more listens than this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, I have a little plug. Uh, by the time this episode's coming out, I think uh, wait, wait, middle, middle November... Uh, I, I'm on a, a TV show called Search, Search Party, Party that I believe is all premiering uh, the week of Thanksgiving. TBS is doing some some sort of funky thing where they're premiering the show, uh, I, I think, uh, as like a marathon on Thanksgiving Day, and then they're later going to release episodes. I don't know. TBS is weird with the uh, They're their They're their trying comedy. to mix up the distribution system, the release schedule for TV shows. But then what happens is like, Keep your eyes open. The show will be available in some form and some schedule. I don't totally understand the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, I have a I have a little arc. I have one episode that's a a, a really uh, it's a juicy part. Yeah. Uh, my friends uh, Charles uh, Rogers and Sarah Violet Bliss, who directed the motion picture uh, for Tilden, uh, it's their TV series. Uh, stars uh, uh, Ali Shawkat and John Rounds and John Early and a lot of really fucking funny people. And uh, I I have an episode called uh, "Who's Afraid of uh, Gavin Rolf? That's like a weird. Uh, a bottle episode dinner party where I play like the worst dinner party guest of all time. I think it's really good. I'm really proud of it. It's, it's some of my uh, favorite work I've ever gotten to do. Yeah. I think it's a good show. I just think people should watch it. I never plug shit on here, but I actually, I good. like, I like this a lot. You did it. I did it. Plugged. Damn plugged. No more leaks. You're safe to go underwater with the pressure, but don't drop that battery because it will cost you $250,000. Haha. <laughs> yeah. What are the robots called again? I already forgot. Jake and Elwood. Jake and Elwood. R.I.P. L- Elwood. Yeah, R.I.P. Elwood. Uh, Avatar next week, guys. Don't Avatar worry. next week. Listen, we're we're going to be back, baby. Yeah. Full force. This isn't even, this wasn't even fun like Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan. We didn't get crazy. It's so weird. That's, I know. That it's fun. It's okay. Yeah, cause, because we've liked the James Cameron movies up until now, so we're not at the point where we're so punchy that we're like losing it. We're just kind of bored right now. Yeah, exactly. We're just, okay. 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 All right. Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. No burger report. Uh, no, but no. you know, feel free to write them, write them in, whatever. Merch- sure. No merchandise spotlight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and as no orange toast file. No. Uh, no Ben's poetry corner. No on left. the record. No on the record. Ben's new segment. <laughs> uh, and as always. Uh huh. But like actually, on the down low. Uh huh. I fucking hate Europa. <gasps> Twist. Cuck. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 